Father of our Lord Jesus and our Father, creator of the heavens and the earth, we worship you, we adore you, O God, we magnify your majestic name, we extol you in our midst this day, in the name of the Lord Jesus, blessed be God who rides in the heavens, in your excellency to our aid. May your name be magnified. May your name be glorified in the lives of all who are gathered here and in the lives of all who are receiving of this ministration all over the world in the name Jesus. Let the power of the Holy Spirit deliver people from captivity in Jesus' name. Let the Spirit draw people from darkness to light. In Jesus' name, stretch forth your hand, O God, and work miracles, wonders, and signs, confirming your word in the name of Jesus. I declare the sick healed, the oppressed delivered in Jesus' name. I curse life, germs of diseases to die to perish in the name Jesus I pray people out of pits of darkness and depression in Jesus name I declare you free be loosed from captivity be free now by the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus name Lord God for all that you do we'll be careful to give you alone all the glory and all the praise highest name, the matchless name of Jesus, we pray with thanksgiving and we receive by faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus Christ, our Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ, the name that is above every name. He is the Lord of Lords, and he is the King of Kings. Our Savior, our healer, our deliverer. I ask that God's grace would be, would be with you today. The power of the Holy Spirit will make a difference in your life today. The title of today's message is The Power of God's Love. Power of God's love. Praise God. We have been looking at God's love in the book of Ruth. And we're going to go there, but I'm going to start today from Hosea. Hosea chapter 11. So let's go to Hosea. Chapter 11. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And that is going to take us to Ruth shortly. Hosea 11, verses 1 through 4. Hosea 11, verse 1, I read. 
When Israel was a child, then I loved him. We're talking about God's love. Today we're going to focus on the power of God's love. You know, we're going to see the fervency of God's love towards us. How he exerts his authority in the realm of the spirit and in this world to save, to heal, to deliver, to operate in love and in power in the behalf of his children. God is passionate, God is zealous to perform all that concerns you and he does it because he loves you. So love has power, love has heat, it has fire. Hosea 11, verse 1. When Israel was a child, then I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. As they called them, so they went from them. They sacrificed unto Balaam and burnt incense to graven images. I taught Ephraim also to go, taking them by the arms. But they knew not that I healed them. In talking about God's love, I want you to notice something. Looking at these people here, they had gone away from God in verse 2. They were following idols, which was wrong. Yet, it didn't stop God from loving them. Amen. Something we need to learn uh, from God about how he loves is this. And, and if you can catch it and operate in it, it will bring you a lot of liberty, freedom in your own life, and bring joy to your life, to your home, to your relationships. This is, this is it about God. Because God's love for us is unconditional, it doesn't matter what we do, God still loves us. Because you know that. But this is what I want you to see. In God-man relationship, because God is the bigger one, the greater one. And we are the weaker ones. God, who is absolute love, loves us when we don't love him back like we should. What we can learn from that and hopefully apply to our lives on earth, to the relationships that we have on earth, is this. You know, in human relationships, love is not reciprocative exactly at the same level, same amount, all the time. It's not. Just because we are human, we are imperfect. So, you can be good to somebody and that person not return the goodness to you. 
what God wants us to learn from him is this. When you set out to be good towards somebody, you're not doing it to get goodness back from them. So regardless of how they respond to you, you who are greater in that situation and they, they are weak, they are weak, you are greater, you have to love more. Problem with us humans in our human relationships is that we get disappointed when the people that we are in relationships with tend to be weak at giving love back to us, who may be stronger. And so what we do is we tend to focus on their weakness, their failures, what we are not bringing onto the table. It's human to look at things that way. But when you think about God, the Bible says when we are yet sinless, it wasn't when we were perfect, we're not perfect. It wasn't when we were good. It wasn't when we were loving God that God loved us. It was when we were sinners. So this is what we have to learn, that in our relationships, the one who is more mature, the one who is greater in love, actually has the responsibility to keep loving the one who is weak. If you can catch that revelation and love the way that God loves, you'll be liberated yourself. You'll not be as emotionally hurt and disappointed, and there wouldn't be a lot of war and conflict in your relationships. I pray that you catch it. God says to us, those who are more mature, those of you who are stronger, you need to bear the infirmities of the weak. So let's take a quick example. Let's take uh, a parent and a child. So parent is going out, loving the child, going all out. The child is not responding. Maybe at whatever age, a teenager or whatever age, they're not responding. You who are bigger, you who are greater, the onus is on you to love more. Amen. God is greater than us. God is bigger than us. So God has the responsibility to love us no matter what we do. Do you get it? Amen. So take husbands and wives. You know, sometimes you have disagreements. It happens in human life. But this is the mistake we, we make, we humans make, that we focus on the weakness of our partner, and we harp on it. We just keep talking about it, and we get hurt, we get disappointed. When, in fact, if you are right, let's assume that you are right, you are in the right, you are the greater one, the bigger one. The Bible says that the greater one must bless the lesser. Amen. So if you know what is right, and you are full of all this love that you've given, and they're not giving back love to you, in the human relationship, that hurts, you're wounded. But this is the way you get healed. You have to operate like God. And this is what God does. Because God is bigger than us, the responsibility of loving and maintaining this relationship in love is not on the weaker vessel. It is on the bigger one. I'm telling you this. I wish I'd known this 
at the beginning of my ministry or somewhere in the middle. Because I've done a lot of pastoral counseling. Some of it has gone into midnight or after midnight, hours, and we're just sitting there. And I just wish I'd known this, that, and then told whoever was complaining that you are right, you are bigger, the responsibility is not on the weaker person, whether it's a husband or wife, at that point in the relationship, the responsibility is not on the weaker person to do right. The responsibility is on the person who is complaining that they're doing all this and not getting anything back. Your responsibility from a God perspective is that you love more. This is how God is. If, if we can catch this and operate like him, we'll be liberated. Amen. Just think about this, just mathematically. Just look at this for a moment. If God, look at the billions of people who have lived on earth, who live on earth and would always live. Human beings, we err. Human beings are imperfect. If God was waiting to be happy, based on our perfection, God will be miserable because we're never going to get it right and be perfect. Absolutely. It's not going to happen. Not on earth. Not on earth. It is by grace we are saved through faith. It is not of works, lest any man should boast. Not, nobody can stand before God and say, I am holy and I'm without sin. There's not one human being. So if God's waiting for us to be perfect here on earth, before he's happy and he's pleased, he's going to be miserable. Do you get it? So this is what God did. God so loved us, he sent his son Jesus to die for us. He loves us because of who he is. He loves us because of his nature. And he pursues us zealously, passionately. Amen. But in human relationships, we start pursuing when we get offended. We start pursuing when we feel that the other person or partner or the other end of the other party is not putting into the bank account. You know, our spiritual bank account, our emotional bank account, the marital bank account, the family bank account. You know, we're not depositing into it. You know, it's just one-sided. And we get so grieved and keep... Just, I, I, I'm just thinking, man, I wish I had known this because I've done a lot of pastoral counseling where all I should have done was bring in this revelation. You are bigger, you are greater, you have more love. You, as a child of God, I'm not talking about unbelievers, I'm talking about Christians. You, as a child of God, you have the responsibility to keep loving your wife or your husband, your child, your parent, whatever the relationship may be. I pray that you catch that. Amen. God bless you. All right. Hosea 11. Let's continue, please. Hosea 11. So we see in verse 2, they, they, they sacrificed unto Balaam and burnt incense to graven images. But in verse 3, God says, he healed them. He took them by the arms. He led them. And they didn't even know that he had healed them. In their sin, he was saving them. In their sin, he was healing them. In their rebellion, he was delivering them. Think about this one quickly. When Adam and Eve sinned against God, you all know this, when Adam and Eve sinned against God in the Garden of Eden, remember, they made fig leaves to cover themselves. Remember? And you think about it, fig leaves to cover you. It's not warm. It's going to dry up. And fall off. I mean, that's just really ridiculous to do that. So what does God do? God comes and God clothes them 
with skins of animals. So that's better clothing. That's more enduring. It's going to keep you warmer. See that? But of course, you know, spiritually speaking, what God did was to show Adam and Eve that it would take the death of another to cover you. The animals hadn't done anything wrong. So a sinless one was sacrificed to cover the sinful one. The blood of a sinless one was shed so that the sins of the sinner would be covered. The Bible says love covers what? A multitude of sins. So back in the Garden of Eden, God enslaved the animals, take their skin to cover, shed their blood, take their skin to cover Adam and Eve, was showing them his what? His love. Amen. God pursued them even though Adam and Eve rebelled against God, sinned against God, went away from God. I hope you're catching it. Amen. All right. Back here, Hosea 11. Verse 4. Somebody hasn't seen that it is love he's talking about. Verse 4 makes it clear. Verse 4. I drew them with cords of a man. I drew them with cords of a man. With bands of love. Amen. So he drew Ephraim, who had gone away from him, drew those who had gone after Baal worship. He drew them with cords of love. No one can come to, to me, says the Lord, unless a spirit draws him. How does he draw us? With his kindness, with his love. It is God's goodness that leads us to repentance. Amen. So verse 4, I drew them with cords of a man, with bands of love. And I was to them as they that take off the yoke on their jaws. Wow. So when God is loving you, it is like this. One of the manifestations of his love is this. He takes off the yoke. Amen. What's the yoke? The yoke is bondage. The heavy loads, the heavy burdens that you cannot carry yourself. Emotional, mental, spiritual, financial, relational, as I opened up with examples about family or marriage, relationship, whatever relationship. God will take the yoke. He will destroy the yoke. Amen. His love destroys yokes. Praise God. So you've seen this from, from the Bible. The Lord himself is developing the subject for us. He's using scripture to throw light on the truth that the one that God loves, God exerts power in that person's life. Just as I prayed. You see that here. Hosea 11 verse 4, I drew them with cords of a man, with bands of love. And I was to them, this is in love, I was to them as they that take off the yoke on their jaws. And I laid meat unto them. 
I laid meat unto them. I fed them. I provided for them. Praise the Lord. So God in love does what? He provides for us. He meets our needs. The Lord is our shepherd, and we shall not lack. Again, go back to this. He said, I drew them with the cords of a man with bands of love, and in so doing, I was like what? I was like one who takes off the yoke. So love breaks the yoke. Love does what? Love breaks the yoke. It breaks burdens. It destroys the yoke. Amen. Anything that is burdening a child, a parent would want to do what? Break that burden. Lift that burden. Amen. When a, a parent has an infant that is, is ill, the parent feels like, I wish I could just put this on myself so my baby will be fine. Well, this is God saw us in our sicknesses. He saw us in our diseases. He saw us in our sin. And our Father came, the everlasting Father came down in the form of his beloved son, Jesus, and took our wounds, took our sicknesses, took our chastisement, took all our problems, our troubles on himself, and by his stripes, we are healed. Because of his passionate love for us, Jesus came to fight the devil, to crush the devil. He crushed the head of the devil and set us free. Amen. A parent will go and fight anything, whoever, whatever, to free or deliver their child. Our Heavenly Father, because of his love for us, fights for us. So I showed you today from the scripture that love delivers us from the yokes that are on our necks. Yokes on your jaw, yoke on your neck. Praise God. Quickly go to Isaiah chapter 10. We'll come to Isaiah later again, but come with me to Isaiah 10. Let's look at love takes the yoke off. Well, what's the yoke? And what takes the yoke off? We know it. It's the anointing. Let's go to Isaiah 10 and verse 27. Isaiah 10, 27. And it shall come to pass in that day. There's a day coming, the Lord said. It was actually the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came down with the sound of a rushing mighty wind. Filled the room where the disciples of Jesus were gathered. Filled men and women, 120 of them, with the power of his spirit. That they would go out to the whole world and preach the gospel. Demonstrating the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. So, Isaiah 10, 27. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder. And his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed by reason of what? The anointing. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. What does the anointing represent? The anointing represents the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. So there's, there's power in love. There's power demonstrated in love. God's power is released as an extension of his love, 
as a manifestation of his love, as a demonstration of his love. God's power. You cannot have God's power without God's love without having his power present. God's love is manifested in our lives by the power of God, setting humanity free, delivering the captives, healing, delivering, saving, empowering, lifting us up. Amen. Whenever God's love is in action, power is in operation. Whenever God's love is in action, power is in operation. Hallelujah. Now, come back to Hosea chapter 11. Just quickly want to establish that although we're reading this in the Old Testament, he's talking about our lives in the New, New Testament. Hosea 11, verse 1. When Israel was a child, then I loved him. So he's talking about love. I mean, verse 1 is love. Verse 4 is love. So we have, in the context, God's talking about his love for us. All right. Again, Hosea 11.1. 1. When Israel was a child, then I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. So let's quickly examine that. Let's have the Bible explain itself. That is, look at Israel as a child and look at God's love for Israel when Israel was a child and look at the time that God called Israel his son and called that son out of Egypt. Let's go to Exodus chapter 4 very quickly. Exodus 4, verse 23. Exodus 4, I read from 22, 22 and 23. Exodus chapter 4. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 4, verse 22. And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, that says the Lord, that says the Lord, Israel is my son. Oh, hallelujah. That says the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. Wow. Now, if anybody says this is my firstborn, you got to know that there is a secondborn, right? Yes. Yes. In the New Testament, this picture is found in Luke 15 of a father who had two sons, the firstborn, that's the elder one, and the younger one, secondborn, the younger one. In Luke 15, the younger one was the prodigal son. The firstborn was always home. The younger son went far away. The firstborn was always home is Israel. That's the firstborn. Although he was always home, unfortunately, he was very far away from his father. He was really no different from the younger son, the prodigal son, who 
physically was far away and spiritually far away. The elder son was physically home, but spiritually absent. So, Exodus 4, 22. And thou shalt say to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. So the Gentiles, we are God's secondborn. All right? Verse 23, Exodus 4, 23. And I say unto thee, let my son go, that he may serve me. And if thou refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay your son, even your firstborn. So, this is when God delivered his firstborn, that's Israel, out of Egypt. Amen. From Egypt, I have called my son. This is the first time. Now, let's go to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. Verse 13 through verse 15. Matthew 2, 13. And when they were de departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. Verse 15, Matthew 2, 15. Important, everybody noticed Matthew 2, 15. And was there, that's in Egypt, until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled what was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, out of Egypt, have I called my son. Amen. So, the prophet said this in Hosea 11, verse 1. So go back to Hosea 11, verse 1. When Israel was a child, life, his power is broken today by the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Believe it and say, Amen, I receive it. The love of God delivers. The love of God sets free. Praise God. Let's go back to the example of relationships again. In God's, God's given you a rhema to set you free. In your family relationships, marriage relationships, do this. The, the bigger one, the greater one, the more mature one, you have the responsibility to love the weaker one who is not loving you in your opinion, as they should. Even if the whole world agrees with you that they not love you as they should, you who have the greater love, it is your responsibility to keep loving. Are they wrong? Let's say that they're wrong. Even if they're wrong, it does not make it right for you to stop loving. I, I just really, I, I thank God for opening my eyes to see this because I wish I'd known this 
Because I have sat in many, many pastoral counseling, marital counseling sessions that went on and on and on for too long. And all I needed to do was to share this revelation. The person who is right, the person who is more mature, the person who is bigger, you, you have the responsibility in Christ to love the person who is wrong. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Christian life. This is part of what you signed on to live. And I thank God that we don't have to live it in our strength. God saves us. He delivers us. He fills us with his love. And we live his love life out. Amen. It is God who is at work in us, making us willing and able to do his pleasure. Not our pleasure, but his pleasure. Even when we're upset, we're angry, we don't want to do it. Because God is at work in us, and we love him, we yield to him, and we let his spirit give us the grace. What you can do in your power, in your strength, God's grace is more than enough for you. Amen. Think with us, human beings, is that we appreciate this grace, God's grace, coming to deliver us when we are in trouble. But when God says, I will give you that same strength, that same grace, that same power, to love the unlovable, to love the difficult, and we are like, oh, Lord, but, 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 but what God says. No, you can't take this one and reject the other. No, his grace is sufficient for you. He will help you. If you yield to him, he will help you, and you begin to actually enjoy loving like God. Oh, it is wonderful. Oh, that men will see this. Lord, teach us to love like you. Amen. You know, there's an aspect of God's word that's just absolutely beautiful when you catch it. You know, Paul, especially Paul in his writings, would write about things that, like they are completed, they are, they are done. He says, you are taught, he wrote to the Thessalonians, he says, you are taught of God to love. You don't need somebody to teach you to love. God's spirit in you teaches you to love. So, the examples I'm giving, if it's hard for you, don't worry about it. God's spirit in you will just automatically love others, the difficult ones, through you. I mean, if you love only those who love you. If Jesus said that. If you love only those who love you, and you can't love your enemies, he said, what, what's the difference between you and the non-believer? <laughs> really? You know, by the power of the Holy Spirit, not your power, not your might, but by His Spirit, the barriers will be removed. And by the power of His Holy Spirit, you can love fervently. Amen. Not be trepid, but fervently with fire. Amen. Yes, 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 yes. We can do this. Praise God. So Hosea 11, we have seen that when Hosea was speaking, speaking about New Testament times, that God will bring Jesus out of Egypt. He was born in Bethlehem, of course. Herod would go after him, but God would deliver. Love would deliver. Would deliver from the Herods of your day. Would deliver from death. Would deliver from untimely death. I'm telling you, the fire of God's love is chasing the Herods of your day. I mean, look at right here. This is a father with a son and a wife. 
I mean, at that time, Joseph is married to Mary. Mary's, Mary has his baby. He's the son of God. But, you know, I mean, some things, as, as, as a human being, you don't know everything. You don't understand everything. So you have this family, and you go through these challenges. But God sees what you're going through. And God comes to you, and God gives you dreams. I've been teaching for about three weeks on how God speaks to us. Sometimes God will give you a dream to help deliver your family. Fathers, pay attention. Mothers, pay attention. Attention to the still small voice of the Spirit of God in you. He's fighting for you, defending your children, defending your family. He'll show you something in a dream, by a vision, so that you pray for redemption to come. Hallelujah. Amen. It's important for me for you to catch these things and apply them so you can walk in victory. Amen. That's more important to me than just, just doing a sermon. I just need for you to see this, that God's love causes you to be delivered and to come into a place of joy, joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. You are filled with joy that overcomes depression, that overcomes any attack of the enemy. Amen. God's love lifts you up, exalts you, makes you a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. People of God called out of darkness into his marvelous light that you will show forth the excellencies, the virtues, the praises of the living God that you put on your feet the gospel of peace and go to the whole world globally. You have a global reach. Go to the whole world and preach the gospel to everybody. Everybody. That you are not limited by racism. You are not limited by sexism. Nothing of, of the world holds you down and restricts you from reaching out to certain people. You go to all because God's love is for all. Ladies and gentlemen, today God liberates you. Today God frees you. Frees you from your anxieties. He frees you from your fears. God's love is holy fire that sets us free. It is an anointing that delivers from the yokes, whatever yoke there may be. Amen. Now, back here in Hosea 11, now let's get to verse 4. So when we examine verse 11, I expounded on it, excuse me, verse 1, Hosea 11, verse 1, and where it says, when Israel was a child, I loved him. Israel, that's the Israelites, I brought him out of Egypt. That's the Israelites as well as Jesus. But also, that means he brought us also out of Egypt. In the book of Revelation, the Bible says Egypt represents the world, the world system. So we have been brought out of Egypt, out of the world. Amen. Pharaoh represents the devil. We've been delivered from the devil. You got to understand that what God did for the Israelites was actually a picture of what he would do for us. So I, I need for you, though I'm spending a lot more time in the Old Testament, I need for you to see that he's talking about our time as well. Amen. Now, Hosea 11, verse 4. I drew them with cords of a man, with bands of love. So there's the love again. And I was to them as they that take off the yoke on their jaws. And I laid meat unto them. So we've talked about the deliverance. But notice the provision. Love provides. Just like parents. They'll sacrifice for their children. I'm talking about good parents. Amen. That's all of you. 
And that's something I said about Paul. Paul writes and he's like, man, this aspect is an aspect of God's word where God just takes things as done. Amen. Which is what I just did. I called all of you good parents. For those of you who are parents, you are good parents. You may be struggling. God says you're good. Amen. God calls things that are not as if they are. And it's time for you to do the same. And especially when you have something that's challenging you. You need to tell that thing you have victory over it. Talk like you actually have victory. And the victory will manifest. Amen. God says, he says to the Thessalonians, you've been taught by God to love. I'm sure there was somebody in the church of Thessalonica who was saying like, man, oh, that's just how, I mean, I, I don't live there. I'm, I'm having a hard time walking in love. God says, I have taught you to love. I have shed love into your heart. Your heart is overflowing with love. You will love. Even if you're struggling, Begin to say what God says. And the power of that word will take you over. And you begin to live out God's purpose and God's will. I trust that has, that's blessed you. Let's go. So Hosea 11, verse 4, love provides for you. Love meets your need. He said, I took the yoke off their jaws and I laid meat unto them. I gave them meat to eat. I heaped food unto them. I blessed them exceeding abundantly. I brought them into a land flowing with milk and honey. I laid, amen. I, what I gave to them was in abundance. I like the word. I laid it on them. He loaded them with benefits. And you know something? David said that God will load benefits upon us daily. Amen. Now, let me take you to Ruth, where we're going to see a picture of God in his power, in his strength, in the power of the Holy Spirit, laying meat on us, providing for us. So let's go to the book of Ruth, chapter 2. Hallelujah. Ruth chapter 2. Look at verse 14. Ruth 2 verse 14. We've just seen from Hosea that the Lord said out of love, he laid meat on them. He gave meat. He gave food to his people. Here's the picture. Ruth chapter 2, verse 14. And Boaz said unto her, At mealtime, come here and eat of the bread and dig your muscle, this King James Version, in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers and he reached her parched corn. And he reached her parched corn. He laid meat on her. He laid meat on her. What we saw in Hosea, that's it right here. Boaz here represents God. In fact, literally, first of all, let's talk about that, his, the meaning of his name. 
Boaz means, in him is strength. The full meaning of Boaz is what? In him is strength. So Boaz represents the power, strength, or power of the Holy Spirit. It is not by your might nor your power, but by his spirit. Your yokes will be destroyed. The burdens will be removed. It is on his anointing that will destroy the yokes. You get it? Okay. So Boaz means the power of God. In him is strength. In him is life. And the life is the light of men. What you need is in the Lord, and he'll provide. Okay, so here we see the Lord giving to us. Boaz reached, it says, and he reached her, he reached her, patch corn. He gave her, he gave her, and she did eat. Ruth 2 verse 14, and was sufficed satisfied and left. Amen. The Lord will feed you and you will be satisfied. Praise God. Right here, God is saying, I'll take care of your career. Yes. I'll feed you. That, that occupation you have, your career, that job, that business, what you are involved in, the works of your hands, I will bless. Yes. The Lord is your shepherd and his love will fight for you. His love will fight the Tobias, the Sambalites, the Pharaohs, the Herods. His love will bring deliverance. God's going to show you dreams and visions and expose what the Sambalites, Tobias, and Herods of your job, your day, they are plotting against you. God will expose you're going to pray before you go to work or before you go for that business meeting. You're going to pray and God, as it were, will open the Red Sea for you. Amen. Again, as I said earlier, what God did in the lives of the people of Israel is a picture of what he would do for us. When he brought them out of Egypt, he brought us out of the world. He delivered them from Pharaoh, he delivered us from the devil. He brought them through the Red Sea. He's bringing you through all the barriers. I see the barriers falling by the power of God's Spirit. Oh, it's amazing. Look at this. Boaz reaches out and, and feeds her, and she ate and was satisfied. That's what David said. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. Amen. Now, let's continue. Love is still fighting for this young lady here. Love is fighting for her. Ruth, we are represented in the life of Ruth here. Boaz is God. Verse 15. And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commended. Wow. <laughs> Boaz commended his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and don't reproach her. You see love fighting for you? Love was fighting. For Ruth. Told the young man, don't reproach her. Leave her alone. I like that. Do you see that? You see that here? Ruth chapter 2, verse 15. And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, 
Let her glean among the sheaves and reproach her not. We are risen with Christ. We who were in sin, through the Lord's death on the cross and through his resurrection, we have been crucified with Christ. We have been buried with Christ. And we are risen with Christ. And those of us who are risen with Christ ought to seek things that are above where Christ sits on the right-hand side of God. Focus on God. Set your affections on things above. When you focus on heavenly things, which are higher than earthly things, you rise. And when you rise, all the earthly things fall off. All the earthly things come under your feet. You see, a glorious high throne has been your place, your habitation from the very foundation. God from the creation of man, gave man dominion over all the earth. That means we're supposed to be up and up all the time, above and above only. You have to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. And God's love will keep fighting for you to put you up. Amen. Don't parents fight for their children to educate them, take them to good schools, to set them up for a better future? We humans, if we know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more the living God? I'm telling you, love in action is power being demonstrated. Amen. God's love in action is always God's power in demonstration. God so loved us, he gave Jesus. Well, people don't realize that in giving Jesus, he crushed the devil. He defeated the devil. He smashed the head of the serpent and set us free. Amen. That's the wisdom of God. Next month we'll be learning about God's wisdom that will bring stability to our lives. But let's continue here. Ruth, chapter 2. So let's look at love fighting for her. Verse 16. And let fall also some of the handfuls on purpose for her and leave them that she may glean them and rebuke her not. So Boaz commanded the young man, leave her alone. Don't reproach her. Don't rebuke her. You see that? Verse 15, commanded them, the young man. Don't bother her. Verse 15, don't reproach her. I don't want you to shame her in any way. Any way, shape, or form. Don't shame her. Don't make her feel like she's poor, she's impoverished. Don't do that. Because in Christ, shame is removed. You learned something today. All right, verse 16. And let some of the sheaves fall on purpose for her. This is God coming and just dropping blessings, exceeding abundance. Amen. You just happen. You just happen to stumble on the blessings. Oh, it was not you being lucky. In Christ, we are not lucky. In Christ, we are blessed. Amen. And it's not just chance. It is God deliberately in love pursuing you, in love going ahead of you, and leaving in his pathway blessings for you to stumble on. The blessings are divine connections, divine contacts. The blessings are open doors, opportunities. 
The blessings are ideas that God gives to you. Visions, dreams. Amen. I just love it how God, if you put it in today's language, uh, when he prophesied through Job, in Job chapter 2, in verse 28, when he says that in, in the last days it will come to pass that God will pour out his spirit on all flesh, and young men and young women will prophesy and see visions, and he said old men and old men will dream dreams. If you put it in today's words, God, God, it was God's way of saying, no matter how old you are, you can still dream. Because think about it. He said, you pour out a spirit on all flesh. Young women, young men will prophesy. They'll see visions and they'll prophesy. Then he says, the old people will dream dreams. What is God saying? God is saying, wake up the old people. It's not over for them. You can dream again. As long as you're breathing, you can always dream. Dream of accomplishing. Dream of making a difference. Dream of making an impact. So I call you to dream again. Hallelujah. And this time, what you are not able to do in your own strength, you'll be able to do by the power of the Holy Spirit. This warfare now, it's not your power. It's not your war. It is the work of God by his spirit destroying satanic powers through the name of Jesus, through the anointing of God. And this God working in you. Greater is he who is in you than the enemy. Amen. You see that? The spirit of the Lord is working. All right, we continue in Ruth. Verse 17. So she gleaned in the field until evening and beat out that she had gleaned Verse 18, and she took it up and went into the city. And her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. And she brought forth and gave it to her that she had reserved after that she was sufficed. Go back to verse 14. We saw this when she was satisfied in verse 14. Go back there. Ruth 2.14. And Boaz said unto her, at mealtime. You never go hungry. Never have I seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. At meal time, God will provide. At mortgage payment time, God will provide. At rent payment time, God will provide. Paying for that, on that car note, God will provide. The funding, millions of dollars that you need for that business to go global, God will provide. It is Jesus who said, go into the whole world. Go into the whole world. Yes, he said to preach the gospel. I know it means to bring the gospel of his grace, to preach Jesus Christ, and we're going to do that. But the same God has given to all of us grace gifts. To each one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. You want to do the things that God wants you to do by his grace, by his power, not your power. Amen. And his grace gifts will make room for you. Globally all over the world, locally and globally. Amen. So your life will bring glory to God as you use the God gifts, your God-given gifts. But it's going to be such a way that people will know this is, this is God at work. And you stand to testify. Whether at a football game or at a concert, it doesn't matter what it is that you do or from your lab that you discover something that will bring a cure for some virus or whatever. God 
given every one of you gifts out of love. And it is time to serve him with those gifts. Hallelujah. Make a difference. Amen. I'm going to show it to you as we wind up today. It's right here in the book of Ruth. It's amazing. So in verse 14, Ruth 2.14, she comes to mealtime and Boaz, the Lord God, gives to her. She eats and she suffices and she leaves. But she takes some to her mother-in-law to serve her also, to give to her. And that's what the Lord does for us. He gives us exceeding abundantly above all we dream about, all we pray for. And he does it how? By the power of his spirit. Love is power in demonstration. The power of the Holy Spirit. He does it by the power of his spirit at work within us so that we can go and give to others. Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you in Acts 1.8. And you shall be witnesses unto Jesus. So we go forth by what? The power of God. This love message to the world is to be given to the world through what? God's power. You cannot have love without God's power. Amen. So when you want love in your families, you need to connect to God. Because you can't have God's love operating without power. Some of us think that, yeah, we can do that. Well, we are disconnected to God. Disconnected from God. No, you can't. Doesn't the Bible say that he shed abroad his love into us by the Holy Spirit? You see that? God poured his love into us by whom? The Holy Spirit. You cannot, you cannot walk in love victoriously without the power of God's Spirit at work in your life. Amen. You'll find out that in your family, when you're fussing and fighting all the time, it's because you are not praying as much as you should. You're not studying the Word. You're not connected to God. You are focused more on yourself than on God. Yeah. I mean, I know we come up with excuses and reasons and justification and all that, but you learn today. Because God is bigger than us, He loves us despite our, our, our mistakes. So, your children are messing up. You are bigger. It is not your child's responsibility to do right. I know they ought to do right, but it is not. It is your responsibility to love them. Amen. Just like the father of the prodigal son and the firstborn. He loved both. It was always the father looking out for his son. The son was wrong. Both of them, in fact, were wrong. All the Father cared was loving them. God's love is His power at work to deliver us, to save us, to heal us. Let me show you a couple of uh, scriptures about this. Come to Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 37. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 37. Deuteronomy 4, 37. And because he loved your fathers, because he loved them, therefore he chose 
They are children. Hallelujah. They are seed after them. And brought you in his sight with his mighty power out of Egypt. Amen. The mighty hand of God delivered the Israelites out of Egypt because what? He loved them. That's it. As they say, there it is. Amen. Look at chapter 7. Go to Deuteronomy 7, verse 7 and 8. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Excuse me, I read from 6. Deuteronomy 7, 6, 7, and 8. Verses 6, 7, and 8. Verse 6. For you are holy people unto the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a special people unto him. Above all people that are upon the face of the earth. This is like saying you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. For us in the New Testament. Verse 7. The Lord your God did not set his love upon you, nor choose you, because you are more in number than any people. For you are the fewest of all people. He started out as a, a 70, just a family of 70 people. Verse 8. But because the Lord, what's the word? What's the next word? Loved. But because the Lord loved you, and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, because God would keep his word, God would keep his vows, God would keep his pledge, his promise, his word. You ever made a pledge? You ever made a vow? Remember, you made a vow, right? Keep it. Because the Lord loved you and because you would keep the oath which you had sworn unto your fathers, has the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondage from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Amen. There it is. Why would the Lord deliver us? Because God is faithful. He keeps his word. Why would the Lord deliver us? Because he loves us. With a mighty hand, he will set us free. Amen. I trust you've seen this. Let's go back and end in the book of Ruth. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. This time, chapter 4, Ruth, chapter 4. Thank you, Lord. In verse 1, Ruth 1, excuse me, Ruth 4, verse 1. Then went Boaz up to the gate. This is love still pursuing you to deliver you. In this case, this is Boaz pursuing Ruth to marry her, to come into covenant with her. And that's when she got delivered from poverty and from all the trauma sorrow, the hardship she had experienced. My goodness. It's not over for you. Ruth 4, verse 1. Then went Boaz up to the gate and sat down there and behold, the king's man of whom Boaz spoke came by Unto whom he said, hey, such a one, turn aside, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. 
Boaz went to the gate. Back in ancient times, the gate, the main entrance to the cities, was also a place where the elders would sit and conduct uh, deliberate on the affairs of that city. So it would be like their capital hill for the United States. It would be like their parliament. All right? So Jesus is represented by Boaz here. God is represented by Boaz here. And what we see Boaz doing at the gate is Jesus saying, I'll build your life. I'll build the church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. The Lord will come and remove the gates, the structures that stand against your breakthroughs, that stand against your peace. He'll come and remove it all because he loves you. Amen. That's the picture he's showing us here. So, Boaz calls over whoever will hinder him and hinder Ruth into coming into God's purpose and deals with that person. Verse 2. And he took ten men. Ten speaks of order. Order. He took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit down here. And they sat down. And he said unto the king's men, Naomi, that is Naomi, that has come out of the country of Moab, sells a parcel of land, which was our brother Elimelech's. And I thought to advertise to you, saying, Buy it before the elders, before the inhabitants. If you redeem it, go ahead and redeem it. But if you not redeem it, then tell me. Verse 4, so that I may redeem it. For there's none to redeem it beside you. And I am after you. So you are first in line, and I follow you. I thought this last week. The first in line to have been a blessing to humanity was Adam, Adam of the Garden of Eden. This man first in line here represents Adam. But the first Adam failed. The second and last Adam, Jesus, succeeded. He was victorious for us. Hallelujah. Initially, the man said in verse 4, at the end of verse 4, he says, I will redeem it. I'll redeem it. This also, just as I showed you the first Adam from the earth and the last Adam, Jesus, from heaven, we've borne the image of the first Adam from the earth. We shall also bear the image of the last Adam, the man from heaven. Right? Just as I showed you that contrast, over here, when the man said, I'll redeem it, this speaks of the law law of Moses. In the time of the law of Moses, the people of Israel said, everything God had told them to do, we will do it. We'll walk by the law. But the thing is that by our own strength, by man's strength, he cannot prevail. So the law failed. Where the law failed, grace has won. So stop trying to live your life and please God in your strength. Rather, live by the grace of our Lord Jesus who through his finished work on the cross has paid the price, set us completely free. Amen. And live by his faith. Let him live his life through you. That is how you walk in victory. Amen. This is what God is teaching us here in this story. Boaz comes into 
the life of Ruth was a widow, got poor, hard time. But Boaz means in him is strength. In the Lord is strength. In the Lord is life. In the Lord is power. And for all who are heavy laden, if you come to him, he'll give you rest. Ruth looked to Boaz. First of all, looked to God for grace, for favor. And she found favor. The Lord somehow directed her pathway to connect with Boaz. And Boaz took notice of her and began to fight for her, protect her dignity, protect her from shame, protect her from poverty and lack by meeting her need. And eventually, goes through the barriers at the gate and whatever was hindering Ruth from coming fully into her inheritance, Boaz was willing to push through that and marry her. Ruth comes into her full inheritance. Amen. Ruth chapter 4 and with this. The man obviously first in line failed and Boaz marries Ruth. Ruth chapter 4, verse 10. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Melon, have I purchased to be my wife, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance, that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren and from the gate of his place. You are witnesses. And how did you prove it? Verse 8, Ruth 4, verse 8. Therefore the king's man said unto Boaz, Buy it for you. So he drew off his shoe. It was a custom in Israel that when property was exchanged, the one who owned it, who was selling it after the sale was executed, completed, he would remove his shoe in front of witnesses, the elders, and give it to the one who had now purchased the land. I think you probably, some of you are thinking about God telling Moses to take his shoes off. But God called Moses. God said, where you are standing, is what? Holy ground. Holy means it is set apart for God's use. God's the owner. So you cannot be standing on it like you own it. For wherever the soles of your feet shall tread, God says, I've given to you. But when he called Moses, he said, Moses, your life is not mine. Where you're standing belongs to me. So let me teach you. The custom is that your shoes have to come off. When God puts his shoes on a place, God is saying, This is a picture of God saying, my power will be demonstrated in your life. I don't have time to get into all of it, but there's an example in uh, the book of Psalms, Psalm 60 and Psalm 108, Psalm 60 and Psalm 108, where God said, I'm going to cast my shoe 
upon Edom and upon Moab. The same thing here. We're looking at root for Moab. It's amazing. God said, I'll cast my shoe upon Edom and Moab. It's in Psalm 60 and Psalm 108. And there I will save my people Israel. That's just talking about when the Antichrist in the future comes against the people of Israel, God's going to take them to Jordan, to the rock city. But God will take that over. He says, I'll cast my shoe upon it. And there I will deliver my people. I'll save them from the Antichrist. It's just amazing, uh, these pictures that we have here in the Bible. Amen. We have seen today, God in love has come into our lives to fight for us. To fight to save to fight to heal, to fight to deliver, to fight to empower. Whatever darkness there is against you, that darkness is dispelled and the true light of Jesus shines today. Whatever powers and principalities, thrones in your family, so-called ancestral spirits, generational curses, they have been defeated by Jesus Christ and he has set you free. Amen. I don't have time. Another time I'll teach you this, but just to end with this, just so you see, there's more. And let me let me just stir you up, whet your appetite, and get you to go and study this. Because as, as I was studying this, the Lord showed me this, and, and you probably may have wondered too, as I did. Ruth, the story of Boaz and Ruth, now they are married, and yes, she has a child. Verse 17. And the women and neighbors gave the child a name, saying, there's a son born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed. Well, actually, Obed. The B is pronounced with a V sound. Obed. He's the father of Yeshai. We say Jesse. That is Yeshai. The father of David. We say David. So it's like the story has ended, Right? And then I was like, hmm, why does he just seem to throw something in? Verse 18, now these are the generations of Phares or Perez. I'm like, wait a minute. We're talking about Naomi and Ruth and Boaz. The story is ended. What, why is he not picking on some? Where does it come from? But everything God does is for a purpose, right? So I'm searching this, and the Lord begins to show me this. Verse 18. So Perez has Hezron, and Hezron begat Ram, and Ram begat Aminadab. Aminadab begat Nation. Sometimes you can't even pronounce the names well, so you just kind of gloss over them. But it's important. And Nation, nation begat Salmon, and Salmon begat Boaz. So we are back to Boaz. I'm comfortable. Okay, yeah, I know Boaz. And Boaz begat Ovet. All right, I got that. And Ovet begat Jesse. I know Jesse, the father of David. And Jesse begat David, King David. David from whom begat it, Christ came. And that comes to us. So I'm like, wow. There is a reason why God did this. So I began to look, my dear brother, I began to look at the meanings of the names. Perez means breakthrough. 
Fares, same as Perez, means breakthrough or break forth. Breakthrough or break forth. Hezron means joy. Ram means exalted. Ram has a son called Aminadab. Aminadab means noble and honorable people. Noble and honorable people. Then he has a son called Nation. Nation means to foretell. Foretell. See ahead of time and prophesy or speak it. This is coming. This, this is coming. And He has a son called Salmon. Salmon means peace, same as Solomon, peace. And Mr. Peace has a son called Boaz, whose name means in him is strength. Boaz has a son called Obed, which means servant. And Obed has a son, Jesse. And Jesse means God's gifts. Yeshai, God's gifts. Same root as Yeshua. Yeshua, Yeshua. You can see Yeshua, his name is the same as Joshua. Joshua. When, because of the Greek language, it becomes a J. But in Hebrew, it's a Y. Ye, Yeshua or Yehoshua. Not Joshua. In, in Israel, you don't have Joshua, you have Yeshua. Amen. Alright? And then, from Jesse or Yeshua, we have David or David. David means the beloved. When you put these names together, this is what you see. God's love in the story of Boaz and Ruth, God's love will cause you to break forth, Perez. You will break forth into joy. And you will be exalted and become a noble people. Hallelujah. Who will walk in the strength of the Lord. Serving God's gift of his beloved son Jesus to the world. This is what Ruth happened in Ruth's life. God's love in Boaz, through Boaz, brought breakthroughs to this woman. And now the sorrow of having lost her husband, the grieving, is ended. She comes into a place of joy. She's a foreigner in a land where she would have been despised. But Boaz said, don't shame her. Don't reproach her. Don't rebuke her. I command you not to do that. But now she's what? Dignified as a noble woman. She was a poor woman, servant, working in the field. She gets married, and she owns the field she worked in. Amen. So the reason why God brought the names here was to tell you that in this story of my love to you, I'm showing you that you will break forth from whatever has bound you. By the power of my spirit, I'll destroy the yoke. I'll remove the burdens. I will draw you with bands of love and I'll break the yoke so that you break forth with joy. Hallelujah. You break forth with joy and you will walk in peace. That is salmon. 
the name Samuel. You walk in peace. Hallelujah. And have the strength of the Lord, the anointing of the Lord. You walk in Boaz, in him is strength. You walk in the power of the Spirit. You'll be anointed with the Holy Spirit and go and preach the gospel. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and be witnesses unto me. So you walk in Boaz, you walk in the strength of the Lord, and you go out and give the gift of God's love of his beloved son Jesus to the world. You will serve that to the world. This was God prophesying about Jesus. That God will cause you to break forth into joy. You will be exalted and become a noble people, a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, a people full of peace, walking in his strength and power. And this foretells, this speaks of people who are serving God's gift of his beloved son to the world. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. May the Lord glorify his majestic name in your life. I pray for you today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that every yoke, every yoke, anything that holds you bound, sorrow, poverty, fear, sin, confusion, whatever, has strangled you. You are loosed today by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, be loosed. Whatever is breaking your back, be loosed. Whatever is holding you back, laziness, procrastination, be free from it in the name of Jesus Christ. Being focused on others, critical of others, and being so bound that you never do what God called you to do. Be loose from that. And be taught of God by his spirit of love. That you who are greater, you who are more mature, you who are wiser, you will walk in love towards those who are weak. In the name of Jesus, let the anointing of God come upon you. Come upon your home. Come upon your family. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever Pharaoh is risen against you, as God called his son out of Egypt, I call you out of that bondage in the name of Jesus Christ. Be free from the hand of the Pharaoh that has bound you today in Jesus' name. I break the power of that evil spirit in Jesus' mighty name. By the anointing of the Holy Spirit, be set loose and be set free. Now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. Begin to pray with me right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus. If you are not born again, right now you say, Lord Jesus, I give my heart to you. Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. I come to you, Father. Forgive me. I receive forgiveness of sin. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm telling you, you are free. You are free from that bondage. You are free from the devil lying to you. You are born again right now. You are born again. You say, Jesus, I give my life to you. You belong to God. But for those of you who are born again, right now, know this. There's no darkness that holds you down. God's love is God's power in action. Right now, the power of the Holy Spirit has set you loose, has set you free. I take authority over the spirit of fear. In the name of Jesus, I bind that spirit of fear 
that has a stronghold in your mind. Be free in Jesus' name. That tightness around your mind, your, your head. Be, I command it broken. Be loosed in Jesus' name. Right now, begin to rise. Begin to rise. Begin to rise by the power of the Holy Spirit. Rise up. By the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit, rise up and fulfill your destiny in the name of the Lord Jesus. Just as God used Ruth to serve Naomi and bring her life and restore her life. Oh, Kamasanta Bahaya. In the name of the Lord Jesus, may God cause you to rise and shine that you will serve God's life and God's gift of grace to humanity. In the name of Jesus, beginning in your own home, beginning with your own family, your neighborhood, your friends, your church members, beginning in your own Jerusalem, in the name of the Lord Jesus, your Judea, your Samaria, and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. May you go forth in Jesus' name to fulfill divine destiny. I thank you, Father, and I give you praise. The love of God causes you to break forth today into joy, joy unspeakable and full of glory. From this day, you will not know depression. You will not know heaviness. You are free from that heavy spirit, the spirit of heaviness. You are free in Jesus' name. The Lord gives his beloved sleep. The sleep shall be sweet. The sleep shall be sound. May the Lord visit you by visions and dreams of the night. You are free from torment. In Jesus' name. Free. Wherever you are, just lift your hand to the Lord. Open your hand. Just, just be free. It's just a sign demonstrating your freedom. Open your hand like I'm free. And just thank God for salvation. Thank God for healing. Thank God for deliverance. Thank God that you are rescued. Thank God right now for your breakthrough. Thank God that he has reached out that parched corn to you. He has laid provision. He has given you what you need. Thank him. I pray that these hands that are lifted up unto God, right here in the sanctuary and around the world, that God will bless the works of your hands. In Jesus' name, from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Be anointed with oil. May your head never lack an oil. In the name of the Lord Jesus. May the anointing of God fall on your life. Saturate you with his glory. Make you a noble person. An honorable person. In Jesus name. Who serve. Dish out. God's love, God's grace, God's gifts to humanity. You are blessed. The works of your hands are blessed. You shall be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. The Lord opens doors for you. In the name of the Lord Jesus, you ride upon the high places of this earth. In the name of Jesus, the heathen will bow to you and before you. In Jesus' name, may God cause kings and queens and leaders to serve you in the name of Jesus Christ. The silver and the gold that is yours, which has been withheld from you, may they give it up now. May it come to you in Jesus' name. 
I pronounce you blessed. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. Grant you favor. Grant you favor. That even your enemies will be at peace with you. In Jesus' name. And you could be a blessing to humanity. I declare you blessed. In Jesus' name. By the faith of God, I call it down. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you with celebrations and shoutings. In the matchless name of Jesus, thank you for the victory. Amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah. Give God praise wherever you are. Give God praise. And right in the sanctuary, yes. Give God praise. Hallelujah. 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 God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. And I thank the team for being with me here in the sanctuary today. God bless you. Let me just pray as we give to God, gifts of love, tithes, offerings, what belongs to God. All right, let me just pray. Father, all things come from you, and we acknowledge that. We thank you for your gifts, your graces, your blessings. We love you, and we thank you for loving us. Now, Lord, receive that which represents our strength, our love, the works of our hands, and bless everything. Bless the giving. We give this to you, that there will be meat in your house. We give to you for the word, the gospel to go forth. We bring this to you, to a high priest, Jesus, who worships you with them in our behalf. Thank you for receiving our tithes, our offerings, our gifts of love. In the name of Jesus. And thank you that as individuals we are blessed and as a ministry we are blessed. We shall be a blessing to all you with. In Jesus' name, we give by faith. Give in love, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you so much. Three ways that you can give very quickly. Let me tell you how. Three ways you can give to World Missions Ministries. You can give by Zelle. Zelle transferred to World Missions Ministries. The number for Zelle transfer is 571-234-2387. I repeat, Zell Transfer, Tel telephone number is 571-234-2387, World Missions Ministry, Zell Transfer. You can give via PayPal, online, via PayPal. Go to our website, wmmchurch.org, wmmchurch.org, and just click the donate button, give as you desire. The Lord has blessed you. God bless you. Finally, you can give a check, send it by mail to World Missions Ministries, 6805 East Clinton Street, Clinton, Maryland. The zip is 20735, and that's USA. I repeat the address for those who want to give by mail, give a check by mail to World Missions Ministries, 6805 East Clinton Street, Clinton, Maryland, 20735, that's USA. God bless you. See you right here next Sunday, 11 a.m. Tell somebody how God's blessing you through World Missions Ministries broadcast on YouTube, Facebook, and also on various podcasts. Platforms. Just search for World Missions Ministries. Uh, you receive our Sunday messages as well as our Wednesday 
Bible studies. God bless you. God keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. In Jesus' name.